Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. You're listening to Ordinary People with Extraordinary Lives, Women Who Fear the Lord. I am your host, Isabel LeBron. Welcome back to a new season of Women Who Fear the Lord. I'm your host, Isabel LeBron. It's great to be back here with all of you. I'm sure, just like you, I've had a lot of things that have occurred these past few months. We have had our trials, but also we have had a time of peace where the waves of the storm have become calm. Recently, back in September, I finished my cancer treatments. I'm now on observation. What does that mean? Well, in a nutshell, I will see my oncologist every three months for the next few years to check my blood to make sure the cancer hasn't come back. Based on my type of breast cancer and the stage it was, my recurrence rate is low. I'm thankful to God for how he has brought me through this time. I know that any trial that comes to me first comes through God's hand. I understand my recurrence rate is low. However, I also acknowledge if my cancer does come back, it is because it came by the hand of a loving and good God who in his infinite wisdom says it's the best for me. I might not fully understand why I was diagnosed with breast cancer to begin with, but it's not the why, but the who. In 1 Peter 1.6, he says, In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials. I'm learning that my trials have been necessary. And why are they necessary? Shouldn't God want me to be happy and have no pain like some false teachers teach? Well, let's just look at the following verse. And it answers the why. So that the proof of your faith, being more precious than gold, which perishes, though tested by fire, may be found to result in the praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. There you go. All your trials are an opportunity for your faith to be tested. And the end result of your trial is to the praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's all about Christ's glory. I will be honest, going through breast cancer was hard and painful, and in some ways, it still is. Yes, I'm done with treatment, but the wounds are still there. I'm still healing, and by the grace of God, He will bind up my wounds. Maybe not completely on this side of heaven, but I definitely know one day I will be whole when I arrive in glory. In the middle of all things cancer, the Lord was kind to make me a grandmother. It is surreal to say that my husband and I have become grandparents. Our sweet grandson is six months old now, and he's such a gift from God. We have so much to be thankful for. On that note, today we'll be talking about thankfulness. Since Thanksgiving is just around the corner, we thought it would be a great topic to go over. As I reflect on the season we're about to embark in, most of all Americans celebrate this holiday. It's one of my favorites, but... It started to have me wonder, what are most people actually celebrating? Who is their object of thankfulness? Notice the things that the world will say they are thankful for. Their health, job, friends, family, and so much more. But the world does not give honor where it should be given, and that is to the Lord Jesus Christ. They prefer to give thanks to the universe or to a God they have made in their own image. You see, it's only... If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, that you could truly be thankful. Unbelievers can say they're thankful and there can be an element of sincerity, but their thankfulness is mostly based on good circumstances and they are fleeting. 
As believers, we are taught to be thankful always, not just when November comes around. We see this in Ephesians 5.20. The Apostle Paul says, Giving thanks always for all things to God, the Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is not something we do once in a while. We are told to give thanks always. We have a great example in the Lord Jesus Christ himself who gave thanks to the Father. In John 11, we have the account of Lazarus being raised from the dead. In verse 41, we read, So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Jesus thanked the Father for hearing his prayer. We also see earlier in John 6 where Jesus feeds the 5,000. Verse 11 says, Jesus then took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated. So also the fish, as much as they wanted. Again, here is the Son of God giving thanks first to God before he even gave out the loaves of bread. We also see that the heavenly host gives thanks to the Lord. In Revelation chapter 4, verse 9, it says, Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever. The angels are another example of thanksgiving. Scripture teaches us that thanksgiving should always be offered up to the Lord. In Colossians 3.17, we see that we are commanded that in whatever you do, in word or deed, do all things in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. As believers in Jesus Christ, there is so much to be thankful for. We can be thankful for the victory over death and the grave through Christ. We could be thankful for salvation that has been granted to people we know, also for the sanctifying work in our own lives. We can even be thankful that He loves us so much that He will even discipline us when we are in sin. Hebrews 11.7 It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons, for what son is there whom his father does not discipline? Yes, we can even be thankful for being disciplined because it is evidence that we are a child of God. We can also thank the Lord for the ministry He has appointed us to. In 1 Timothy 1.12, He says, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me because He counted me faithful putting me into ministry. Ladies, whether your ministry is directly connected to the church or it's from your home, you could give thanks to the Lord for enabling you and placing you in your ministry. See, we are not as the world is. We understand that it's only by the work of the Holy Spirit we can live lives of thankfulness. A Christian should be identified by their humble hearts of thanksgiving. Now that we have some great examples of thankfulness through Scripture, what does that look like in our day-to-day -day lives? I want to encourage you that there is always something to be thankful for. I recall when I was first diagnosed before I went to my first chemo treatment, I had a dear saint call me and tell me, Isabel, I want you to start thanking the Lord for your chemotherapy every day. Thank him that you get to have this treatment. Wow, that's so opposite of what the world would say. I started to pray almost every day, thanking the Lord for medicine that would be used to prolong my days. I remember a day in particular where I was sitting, hooked up to my machine, and watching the chemo drip through the IV. And as I sat, I remember praying to God and saying, God, you want me to be thankful even in this circumstance, as this medicine is not only killing my bad cells, but also my healthy cells? I finally understood that in all circumstances, I could be thankful. As for you, I would recommend getting in the habit of thanksgiving. Maybe at the end of the day, you can write in a journal of all the ways the Lord walked you through that day. 
Maybe it's thanking the Lord for the little things as having a working washer and dryer to do laundry, for a fridge filled with food, and an opportunity to serve and love your family another day. Remember, we are to give thanks in all things, not just the big moments of our lives. It's those unnoticed moments we could be giving thanks. When we live a life of thankfulness, it protects our hearts and minds against all grumbling and bitterness. But most of all, it gives Jesus Christ glory. It's a way we worship Him. I think it's important to mention this before we end our time together. If you happen to be in a Bible-believing church that teaches you the Word of God, and no matter what the cost is, your pastors, elders, and deacons never compromise, these men will not tickle your ears like Joel Olstein or give you a motivational speech like Oprah. That will never happen from their pulpits. You know why? It's because they are appointed by God to care for your souls. These faithful men will tell you the truth of God's word, even when it's unpopular, even if that means you will be offended. And it's all rooted in their great love for Jesus Christ and his church. In this day and age where the church is under extreme pressure and on every end is being attacked, you can be thankful for men who fear God more than man. And the thought of this alone should make us thankful. As we enter the seasons of turkeys, pumpkin pies, and all things fall, remember to be thankful that you, my sister, have an object to your thankful hearts, and that is our Lord Jesus Christ. You know the living God who deserves all our worship. You have been saved by grace through faith in Him, and nothing can snatch you out of His hand. And this should make you rejoice and be thankful in all your circumstances. If you're not a believer, then I would ask you to repent and believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you're not sure what that means, please reach out to us here. We would love to speak with you. Thank you for joining us. May you have a blessed Thanksgiving with your friends and family. Until next time, ladies, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ shine upon you.